Take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter number 7. And we're going to start reading down in verse number 24. Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter number 7. And we're going to start reading in verse number 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre Sidon, and entered into a house, and would have no man known it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman, whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children first be filled, for... Is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil's gone out of thy daughter. And when she come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter lay upon the bed. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, Lord, we're thankful for another Sunday. And Lord, I pray that you would calm our minds and hearts. No doubt we've had a busy week. Now, Lord, in this time, not a long time, but time to sit and ponder your word. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, we're seeing the life of a lady who trusted you and there's many things opposing her. And Lord, we're so thankful for your love and your mercy. I pray, Lord, you help us this morning and glean some important truths from your word. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. If I was to ask the following question this morning, does anyone in this room have a need in your life? All our hands would go up. Now, maybe for some younger ones here, the the differing between need and want is not quite clear, but I think most of us have needs. And if I was to ask if some of you had more than one need, and you'd say yes, and if I was to ask you, those needs, can you meet them? And most of us would say no. The needs that are upon me, I, I, I cannot take care of it. Some maybe are looking at a strenuous family situation. Some uh, maybe severe financial difficulties. Some are looking at a problem with a child, misbehavior, not quite understanding what's happening. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe some here are looking at a disease and wonder what lies ahead. Maybe some of us are... Uh, look at our dear parents who've helped raise us and you see them slowing down and wearing down and you're concerned. And we could be, I could be up here for quite some time naming off potential problems that a congregation of this size would face. You know, in the midst of our problems, we look for help, don't we? When my car starts making noises up front, I go to the right help though. I don't phone up my geek squad to take care of the front end of my car. I bring it to the garage. 
You know, and when I have a problem with my computer, and I'll have to be honest, I don't really know anything about computers. I mean, I know how to turn it on. I know how to use a few programs, but I mean, I really don't know anything about computers. And if something comes up, I have an Apple, and I have a friend that used to work for Apple. I'm very quick to get on the phone or text him, like, help, 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 help. And he, he chuckles and laughs and goes, okay, try this and try this. Uh, I often look to him as my solution for my computer problem. I'm so glad to tell you this morning that in your life there is a solution and His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the solution. Maybe today you need the Lord to work in your life. Maybe today you're so overwhelmed with problems and situations, you're not even asking for the, 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 all the burdens to be gone. You're just asking for this one or this two. You just can't handle it. And like this lady in the Scripture, she didn't want the whole loaf. She was just looking for a few crumbs. Just for a few crumbs. Jesus is approached by a woman who is in a horrible situation. She needs something in her life. She's come to the Lord. Uh, again, not asking for the whole meal, just some crumbs. You know, after the events of the Pharisees that we looked at last week, and the hypocrites and things, Jesus and the men go into Tyre Sidon. Uh, which is north of where he was previous, into Gentile territory. And once again, he's trying to get some release or some uh, pressure, get away from the pressure of the ministry there in verse 24, and enter a house and wouldn't have no man known it. That's what it says in verse 24. So the idea, they're looking for a bit of recluse, you know, getting away and, and pausing. Our bodies were not made to go seven days a week, 24 hours a day. They're not. And we need to pause too. And that's what Jesus was trying to do with his disciples, but he could not be hid. And this is a great little side thought for us, not the main message, but when Jesus is in your life or in your family or in your church, you can't hide him. You can't. People will know a difference right away. And uh, it's great when that happens. He simply cannot be hid. In this portion of Scripture, a burdened mother finds Jesus and she petitions Him. And she's persistent in her positions to, uh, petitions to Him. We see, first of all, the mother and her appeal. So we looked at 24 already, and in verse 25 it says, And for a certain woman whose daughter, young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of Him and came and fell at His feet. The woman was a Greek, Cyphernetian by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. She came. The reason she came was her daughter was in some seriously, seriously bad situation. And she could do nothing about it. She was in a desperate way. And other portions of scriptures we've seen, those who were possessed with devils, they would often be violent and try to hurt themselves and hurt people around them. So maybe it's the same case. We're not given that exact detail in this portion of scripture, but it wouldn't be a far stretch to think that that was the case. Verse 25 says, and I heard of him. Perhaps she had heard about Jesus healing all those folks with diseases. Maybe she heard about a blind man that now can see. Maybe in the market she heard about the deaf hearing again. And I really think that she heard about that maniac at Kadera who was freed from a legion of demons. And I just 
think that when she heard that, she had to go see Jesus. She had to. Now, let me, let me put it in your court this way. Moms and dads, could you imagine the sleepless nights she had? And we're not talking, I'm not trying to put you in that position of having that daughter, but you have problems. Big problems. Problems you don't know how you're going to solve. Isn't that something that often happens? We don't sleep so well? It happens. Maybe, maybe the case was, you know, when we have those problems, those burdens on our heart, do you find the day goes just a little bit slower? The, you know, the, the clock, you look at it once and it's 11 and you, you think you work for half an hour, look up and it's only 10 minutes later. The burden on your heart is so great and you, you, you can't get any escape from it. It's there. It's on your heart. And I think, I think this dear lady cried her heart out. I can think of times in my own life when bad things have happened and problems are large. And there's nothing you can do. I know you can pray, but humanly speaking, all you do is cry. Because you have, you have nothing. You're empty. And there's probably other emotions that I will not mention, but you get the point. I hope you get the picture. And maybe one of those days that she's going to the market, her heart is heavy. She had not slept well. And maybe the tears were still running down her face. And she hears about Jesus. And she hears what He's done. And, and, and her heart has moved just a little bit. The, 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 the idea that there could be some hope. Faith and hope is stirred in her heart. Society had not been able to provide for her. No religious system had given her power over this situation. She needed a solution that she could not provide. Then came Jesus. Then she saw hope. Oh, I think we can identify with this poor mother, anxious mother. and Maybe today you're dealing with a child that's out of control. Maybe school difficulties. Maybe you're at the end of yourself patience-wise with situations in life and you've exhausted every mean at your disposal and you don't know where to turn for hope. Well, i got great news for you. That Jesus she saw that day is still alive today. And He desires to help you. He is alive. Maybe this morning you need His salvation that He provided. Maybe this morning you are saved, but maybe there's some restitution. A restoration needs to take place with you and another believer. Maybe you need to seek forgiveness. Maybe you need to give it. Whatever need in your life today, you can come to Jesus with it. Regardless of what you face, the answer will be found in Jesus. It's in Him. He'll meet your need. You know, He'll save your soul. He's there. He'll, he'll forgive your sins. He, he's, ta- he's touched by your, your heartbreak. He loves you. Don't be afraid to call on Him. He invites you to do that. And Jeremiah 33.3 Call unto Me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. 
That's a great verse. We need to call on Him. You don't have to bear the burden alone. Bring it to Jesus. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. And He can help. You know, I'm glad that I have people in my life that I can talk to about things. That's great. I'm not talking about gossip. I'm not talking about anything of that nature. It's when a problem comes in your life and it's hard, it's difficult. I have friends who I can talk to and they're not going to give me some worldly philosophy. They're encouraging me in Jesus Christ, but they have a listening ear. Isn't that great to have friends like that? It's wonderful to have friends like that. I encourage you to be a friend like that. But so often after I tell my friend the situation, he can't do anything. It's not like I need five bucks to go get a bit of gas or anything. No, I, this is serious. I, I don't know what to do. But I tell Jesus, and He can help me. He goes beyond listening, and He does that so well all the time. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. He's there. Second part is the mother and her courage here. The mother and her courage. Verse 27 says, But Jesus said unto her, Let uh, the ch- uh, children first be fed, but uh, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, that the dog under the table eat of the children's, children's crumbs. This woman comes to Jesus for help. And... Uh, the way that the Lord responds here is a little bit different than other times we've seen. And uh, we see some obstacles. She had come, overcome some obstacles here. To, and she meets some resistance along the way. But she keeps going. She doesn't stop. Verse 26 tells us that she's a woman from Tyre and Sidon. Look over at Matthew chapter number 15. This this story is relayed there, and there's some other details uh, recorded for us to help us get the whole picture of this story. Over in Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter 15, we're going to start in verse number 22, give us a little context here. So we see from the verse in Mark, she's from Tyre and Sire, and Matthew 15, 22 says, And behold, a woman of Canaan. She's a Canaanite. This reveals two things about this lady, this mother. First, she was a descendant from a cursed people. When Joshua led the people of Israel into Canaan, they had been commanded to totally destroy the Canaanites. That's found in Deuteronomy 7.2. She was a member of a nation that was doomed. One strike. Second one, the region that she was from was known for vile religious practices. Strike two. One, two. The obstacle of religion. In verse number 22, we keep reading, And he cried unto him, saying, Have mercy, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. She came to Jesus and called unto Him and said, Have mercy, O Lord, thou Son of David. She was a Gentile mother crying to a Jewish Messiah. 
She had absolutely no right to do that. She she was not a Jew. You know, and especially in the eyes of the Jewish Judaism in that day, this was the wrong this was the wrong approach. You can't come through the door of Judaism. You know, you can't do that. Rejection as well in uh, verse uh, 23. But he answered her not a word. At first you think, wow, that, that's awful harsh of the Lord not to say a word. You know, and she's probably heartbroken here and, and very, very discouraged. And keep reading here in verse 23. And his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Jesus does not answer her at first. He turns, it seems, an indifferent ear to her cries and and she tells her that the purpose for his coming is to reach the lost sheep of Israel. And then she persists. Disciples say, get her away. Reject her. The realities of this situation are harsh. The, her daughter is ill. She's possessed. She needs help. She's of a, a nation that's doomed. And these religious men don't seem to care. The disciples are not helping. It must have, I mean, as you read this story, don't you get the sense that she must have felt a little bit hopeless right now? Uh, when I read this story, I'll be honest, I read this story over and over again. It's like, what is going on here? I feel so bad for this lady. Why are you guys doing this to her? That, that's when I first read it and going through it. There's some beautiful things we're going to look at in a moment. The realities are, are harsh. It must appear to her that her situation was homeless. Maybe uh, hopeless, sorry. Some of you must maybe looking at your situation saying, there's too many barriers today for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you feel you have no right to come to Him. You know that without Christ, you're, you're in hard shape. There's no hope for you. You've discovered religion does not work. You've experienced the rejection of religious people before. Yet you're still looking for a life change. Let me tell you that Jesus cares. He does. Some of us here this morning, we've been praying. We've been seeking God's face about matters and troubles of our heart. You've cried unto Him. You've asked Him to do this and this in your life, but there's been no answer. And you feel like giving up. Let me encourage you today. This, this statement is not original to me. I read it this week and it's so good. God's silence is not an indication, indication of God's unwillingness to meet your need. Just because He's silent does not mean he does not, He's not willing to meet your need. God's silence often serves to temper our faith and remind us that He operates on a different timetable than us. And you know what I found? His timetable is absolutely perfect. If I could bring you back in my heart to latter part of 2013, early part of 2014 at BIBC, we had gone through some things. We had seen some people move on, really key people. And I was asking the Lord to give me a vision of, a, of what we should do in our church ministry-wise and what we should do. And 
I wasn't getting anything. I mean, I still knew I need to go to church, need to preach the Word, and I need to reach people. Yes, I knew all that. But Lord, which direction? What, what do you want us to, to strive after this year and in the years ahead? And boy, it felt like this. Quiet. Well, I continued going through that year. I kept praying, keep trying to reach people, kept preaching the Word. And I'll be honest, it got a little discouraging. And in the fall of 2014, we had a dear man in our church, our deacon passed away. And in one month, ten people left our church. It was tough. Some were moving on. Others, imagine, they didn't like me. I thought I'm one of the most likable guys on the go. But anyways, they moved on. And we were really, you know, we weren't sitting pretty. You know, we had some hard decisions to make. What were we going to do? And I remember sitting down with a couple of men in our church and talking to them about it. And we pursued some things. Nothing really panned out. And I remember following Pastor Thiessen. Say, hey, can we go for lunch? I'll pay. He never says no to that. What man says no to a free lunch? Anyway. Uh, so he said, yeah, sure. So I remember sitting down with him and I kind of, you know, backed up the truck, beep, 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 and dumped it all on him. Told him what was going on. I said, what do you think about BIBC merging with MIBC? And, you know, I got him. He did not see it coming. He's like, let me pray about it. I was like, yeah, that's a good answer. Let's pray about it. And we know what happens. We're here today. But I know so well, and other experiences as well, where you pray and you seek God's face and you seek God's face and you pray and you have other people pray with you. You fast and you pray. You're looking for answers and sometimes it's a real long pause. There's not any answer. I know in my heart that really encouraged, tempered my faith to keep going. Don't stop. What obstacles are you facing? Persist in asking the Lord. Persist in seeking God's face. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep at it. Keep at it. Hey, if you're a child of God, He's your Father. He cares. Keep asking. Keep talking. Keep communicating. Because if you're not careful in those times, that's when the old devil gets in your mind and says, oh, the Lord doesn't care. You keep seeking God's face. Keep going. Keep going. As Jesus speaks to this woman, He never slams the door of hope in her face. He says, let the children first be filled. Let the children first be filled. That's back in Mark uh, chapter 7. We'll just just go right back there now. We'll stay there for the rest of the service. Mark chapter number 7. The word first was exactly what this heartbroken woman was looking for. You say, what are you talking about, pastor? First, that means there's probably seconds available. That's what she thought. 
You know, she sees the obstacles that were thrown up uh, uh, seemingly by the Lord and definitely were not encouraged by the disciples. She could have got discouraged. She could have got uh, defeated. But watch the progression. Jesus calls, she, in Mark 15, or Mark 7, and Matthew 15, she calls on Jesus based on His role as the Jewish Messiah. She didn't receive any help there. She had no right approaching on that ground. Then she tells her, Jesus tells her that her, His mission on earth is to the nation of Israel. And when she hears this, she moves beyond seeing Him as the Jewish Messiah. Now she sees Him as her only hope. And He's worthy of her worship. We already saw that in Matthew 15. She bowed down and she worshipped Him. Humbled at his feet, gives him the worship he deserves, and appeals to him for help. And now she hears Jesus in verse 27 compare to a dog. And Jesus said, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. I don't know about you, but I don't really think it very nice someone call me a dog. Mangy old mutt, filthy, dirty old thing. The word here, though, is not that type of word. It's dog, yes. But it means like little puppies. Man, you've got to be an awful cold-hearted individual not to get a smile on your face when you see a little puppy. I've seen the big biker guys, you know, beards, all over the place and, you know, and walking around. They say, oh, little puppy, you know. We just have that natural affection to little puppies. You know, we, we, oh, come here, little guy. Oh, you know, and, you know, just pet him down. He's so excited. It's, it's not referring to a, a mangy old dog, but this is like a, a little puppy that's part of a beloved family, the beloved pet. It refers to a, an animal that's looking at, looked at as part as the family. You know, we have one of those at home. His name's Finnegan. You know, my kids actually want to bring him on vacation. Not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, that he's so much a part of the family. He, I come home, and man, he's all excited, jumping all over the place. He's trying to talk to me in dog language and... Woo, woo, woo. You know, if I went home and he wasn't there, I'd be like, hey, where's Finnegan today? He's part of the family. You know, when he goes taking off across the, the road and on his prodigal journeys, we go running after him. Get back here. We want you to be safe. You know, and I know a few times when the kids have been pretty teary-eyed. No, don't get hit by a car. We love you, Finnegan. At that time, I'm like, you get in the house right now. But he's part of the family. I almost can imagine a little twinkle in the Lord's eyes as He says that, you know, you know, you're you're, like, you're a part of the family. You using terminology of that day, and she doesn't miss it. She catches it. The image of you know just sitting there waiting, that little puppy waiting for the the crumbs to fall off the table. We had another dog. His name was Oreo. After a little while, we started calling him Double Stuffed because he was getting pretty large. Okay. He was black on both sides, and then he had the white strip down the middle. So you understand the Oriole word, right? You know, he looked like an Oriole. And Oriole came to us from a, uh, a lady up on the northern peninsula of Newfoundland. And this lady did not listen to anything a veterinarian told her about feeding a dog. Because that dog got fed like royalty. 
Come to find out that she would have a big cooked dinner and she would slap down the turkey and the bread pudding and the gravy. And that's what the dog ate. You know, and well, when Oriole showed up at our place, he thought all humans treated dogs this way, you know. And uh, he was a little put out by the change of the menu, I must say. You know, and after a while, you know, he started to realize it didn't take long. There's a lot of good stuff happening in that kitchen over there. That's where I need to be. And at first, he'd get up underneath the table, and he was a bigger dog, and he'd be knocking the kids. The kids were smaller, and knocking the kids off their chairs. So we started to train him. He was really smart. And we trained him to stay in the living room when we ate. And we had a a carpet in the living room and an linoleum floor in the dining room. There was a little edge dividing the two. And he could put his paws up in there, but he wasn't allowed to put his claws onto the linoleum. You know, and it took a while, but he learned. And he just stayed there and he just looked at us. And then when we got up, we were like, okay, man, he's the vacuum. <laughs> Everything was taken care of. And he wilded out again. And obviously it was really good pickings at that time because he got big. You know, the idea this, you know, the Lord's given her is, hey, or she was asking, we even get, the dogs get crumbs, Lord, help me! I'm asking for a crumb, I'm not asking for everything, I'm asking for a pup portion! Just to help me! Verse 28, and she answered and said unto him, yea, yes, Lord, yet the dogs on the table eat of the children's crumbs. You know, a lot of people would have given up You know, because Jesus ignored me. Disciples played the race game on me. She even compared, even compared me to a dog. Yet she persisted. And there's people today who throw up their arms and hands in frustration and they get angry and they say, I don't need this. This love of God, this business, and you know, and you're, you guys have such different ideas. You're, you're, you're narrow-minded. I don't want anything to do with God or religion like that. That's the way many people would have do react when they don't get what they want. Your wants are different than your needs, amen? You know, they're a whole lot different. You know, way different. Not this woman, though. In spite of everything that was in her pathway, she persisted. Why? She persisted because so much was at stake. She wasn't going to turn around without an answer. Her little daughter needed help. Her family needed to be saved. She needed help and she was determined to get it. A crumb might have been all that she could get, but she knew a crumb from him is all that she needed. All that she needed. How much does your problem mean to you? Have you encountered some obstacles along the way that made you throw up your hands? Maybe think about quitting, seeking God. Have you looked at the hypocrites and the apathy and concluded since God's people don't care, I won't care either? Have you decided that Jesus can't really help me? Oh, my friend, don't go down that road. That's not a road to peace in your heart. That's a road to destruction. 
My friend, there's too much at stake to go down that road. Be like this mother. She keeps bringing that need to Jesus until He answers. Keep seeking His face. Keep seeking His face. Keep seeking His face. And it might take weeks. It may take months. It might even take years. But keep seeking His face. Keep seeking. Keep serving. Keep doing what's right. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Keep doing it. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks and receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And unto him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, the knocking... It's going to take a long time. This is not God's timetable yet. It's not. And we don't know God's timetable. I can't give you what God's plan for your life is in a very specific way. I can give you very general terms of what God desires for you to do. But I don't know exactly. Only God does. So there's going to be times in your life when the answer is, takes a long time to come. Keep seeking. Keep serving. The mother and her reward. And he said unto her, For thy, this saying, Go thy way, the, the devil's gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. Jesus responded to her faith. He was amazed by the depth of her faith. I'm, I'll be honest, the more I read this story, this lady is, has an amazing faith. She's actually only one of the two people in the whole Bible, New Testament, that Jesus referred to as having great faith. The other one was the centurion, Roman centurion, who came to Jesus to have Jesus heal a sick servant and said, no, I don't need you to come to my house. I know you can do it. Only She's only one of the two. What great faith she had. Jesus tested her faith. The words that He used were you know, harder words and they were a challenge. Her faith exceeded that of the, the people had of other people, and she came and she found safety, she found hope, she found salvation. She found it here as a Gentile, in Jesus as Messiah, amazingly more than the Sadducees, Pharisees, scribes. The faith that she demonstrated excites the Lord Jesus. He gets excited about that kind of faith. I don't think that the Lord would use words frivolously and not as appropriate. A great faith meant a big deal to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have great faith. Jesus rewarded her faith by giving her exactly what she asked for. Her daughter was healed. Her faith was so strong, she did not ask Jesus for proof. Oh, I think I would have. Hey, Lord, I believe you, but can you give me a sign? That's so often our human nature. The Lord said, she's healed, and she went. The lady left the scene. She just went home. She came home, and she found her family. She found her daughter healed. Family restored. What a blessing. What a challenge. As I read that this week, to me, to you, To have a great faith like that. 
Take heart today. Today might be the day when the master replies to your cries. Oh, I can still remember that day when I told Pastor Teeson about the maybe we could merge and what he thought about that. And then about a month later, I sat down with him. Oh, and I assure you, I had been doing a whole lot of praying during that month and the months before. And then that day as we sat down and he said, all right, let's do it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But for months before, we've been praying, been knocking, been seeking and asking, and then finally the Lord brought an answer. Maybe that's for you today. Maybe today is the day you need to call upon Him as your Savior. Maybe today is the day He gives you peace, replaces that pain and that suffering you're feeling, whatever help you need. Bring that need to Him. Don't keep it any longer. We need to bring our problems to the Lord. He knows about them, but He desires us to bring it to Him. Leave the burden with Him. Now, some of you in the congregation this morning might say, Oh, Pastor Alcock, you don't understand my problem. It's big. It's massive. I don't understand your problem. I don't. But I see in God's Word that God took care of some pretty big problems. We've already looked at a bunch as we've gone through the book of Mark on Sunday mornings. Think of Jairus and his daughter who had died and Jesus rose her from the dead. I think about the multitude that needed to be fed. They had no food just for except for a few loaves and fishes. And they were placed in the hands of Jesus. He blessed them and suddenly everybody had more than enough. Hey, we looked at the disciples in a boat, in a storm, in the middle of the lake, in the dead of night. And they were afraid they were going to die. And they placed themselves in the hand of Jesus and they arrived safely in the harbor. Look, Jesus died for you and for me. They took down his body and he placed it in the grave and he was there for three days, but it could not hold him any longer. He arose, defeating sin and death, Satan. He lives today. He lives. He lives today. He loves you today. Bring your burdens to him. That's true. I might never understand how great the need that you have. But He will always understand. Your problem is not too big for the Creator of this world. Now, we, we homeschool our children. And, and I recently I was watching some uh, uh, wildlife uh, videos with my kids. And I am amazed how intricate our creation that we see around us is. And our God made it. If He can provide for a little tiny ant in Africa, He can provide for you. He can do it. But we need to bring those things to Him. We need to be calling out upon Him. Hey, 
Maybe there's a lost family member, someone you care about that's lost. He can still save, amen? He can still save. His power is not diminished. You can bring that to Him and ask the Lord to save His soul. Hey, maybe there needs to be forgiveness sought in your heart or maybe you need to give it. Ask the Lord to give you the strength to give it and to seek it. He can take whatever's wrong in your life and He can make it right. That's not to say that I'm not saying, I'm not preaching, I never can, I never will preach, that all the problems go away and there's no consequences for your problems or the sin of your life. Sadly, we know that's true, don't we? But Jesus can help you get through it. He'll not leave you. He'll not forsake you. A little crumb from the Lord's table might be all you need today. Maybe others, you say, I need a whole platter of what the Lord can give me today. i got so many problems. And I don't know where you are. I don't know what you need. But I do know this. That Jesus is waiting and longing to help us each and every day. Aren't you glad that the Lord never gets tired of hearing us call upon Him? 11 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, whatever it is. He hears. He cares. And He wants to aid. Just a few crumbs. I'm just seeking a few crumbs, Lord. That's all that lady asked for. And boy, did the Lord do some great and mighty things in her life. And He can do great and mighty things in your life today if you would just seek Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed.